Welcome back to another episode of Teen It Up. Uh, I'm your host, Connor. I'm here, as always, on another weekday night uh, with Vladdy. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, had a, actually had a pretty productive weekend. Got to see a bunch of friends from, uh, from Michigan State that, due to just no longer being in the same location, you don't get to see them as much. Um, I mean, you get it. You were there. Uh, had, a, had a decent fantasy week. Uh Made some money off uh, my friends in, in a pick 'em league, and then I lost by one passing yard in a different league. So just, just a very sports oriented, uh, sports oriented weekend. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm not really nothing out of the ordinary for my life. For those who know me, what about you? How was the weekend? How have you been? Anything, anything new? Not really, man. Um, just chilling as usual. Um, a disappointing I'll add on to a disappointing weekend in sports for our teams. Oh um, to just abysmal performances can we and go we can beyond get into disappointing? It. Can we say like cause like I'm for me it was infuriating. At least at least one of the teams. The other one I don't even know. But yeah. Um so college football Saturday. Uh, obviously we were um at the or around campus for the East Michigan State debacle. Yep. Uh, I didn't, or we didn't really get to watch much else. It wasn't really much else. I mean, I, there was the, the Clemson thriller. Um, Michigan played, Maryland played Michigan somewhat tight. That's uh, what happens when you're not playing one of the worst teams in the FBS. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a catalyst of hey, we actually played a real football team. So uh, maybe just an eye opener. I think like hey, we're gonna have to play a little better real teams moving forward they have iowa this week they'll be fine there i think yeah obviously i don't want to spend too much time on these guys because i don't like them but um i was looking at it and given the flaws in the big Ten, i mean i'm looking at the big Ten's really not that good this year um it's kind of michigan penn state ohio state and that's really it maybe minnesota turns out to be something but they wouldn't even see them until the big 10 title game but um, I mean, you look at Michigan's schedule, it looks like they have, they, they actually have a little bit of time. Like, yeah, yeah, Maryland played you close. Yeah, it was a little bit of a scare. But they're going to be playing a bunch of, like, they're going to be playing a bunch of, like, junior colleges until – I mean, I guess they get two junior colleges in a row, then they get Penn State. Then they get what's left what, what's left of our program. So, I mean, I, I think they do have time to figure out the maybe the J.J. McCarthy – I don't want to say woes, but you get J.J. McCarthy into it. So, I think – I, I unfortunately think Michigan might be rolling into uh, the horseshoe at 11-0. Yeah, there's a very good chance. I think you could have seen that going into the year. Obviously, um, you thought, you know, MSU was going to be a lot more competitive than it looks like they are. Um, you probably could I don't have know said if so- they have Penn State at home or not. Penn State is a home game, and I guess you could also have said the same thing about Iowa. You you expect, like, Iowa night game in Kinnick. Like, yeah, I'm not saying to me either game hasn't happened yet. But, I mean, Spencer Petras is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, I know last last fall or last winter, I mean, we were playing uh, we were playing football in, at the Bailey Community Center, and I think we were throwing better passes out there than Spencer Petras does. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there that I don't think that Iowa's gonna be that much of a challenge that they traditionally are for big schools that walk into uh, into Kinnick. Uh, it is a it is a noon game too. It is oh, it's a, a noon it game. Not... It's not an even night game. Nope. Oh, that, that's nice. So another step for them. Yeah, um, Fox, Fox is playing their favorite. You want to just get right into the Michigan State debacle? Yeah, I mean, we started on the college. We have started on the college side, so you might as well stick with the college side. Um, 
Uh, I mean, who do we want to who do we want to like put a bullet in first? Uh, yeah, start with the coaches, uh, so the players. What, what are we thinking? I was just going to start with the score uh, at home to Minnesota, uh, thirty-four to seven. This one was never close. It was thirty-four it was... nothing. Let's be real. They they we sorry to cut you off, but we scored our touchdown with like two seconds left in the fourth quarter. It was thirty-four yeah. nothing. We got shut out. Yeah. Uh, he let I almost said Mel Tucker. He let. PJ Fleck, Mel Tucker, that has let PJ Fleck come into his house uh, with his little stupid suit on, half suit on, uh, and rode the boat all over Michigan State. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know who to. I mean, I, I obviously went on the big tangent on Mel Tucker last week, um, but okay. Uh, I'll, 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 this is really all I want to say. I think is okay. I went off on that tangent after a road loss to another power five school um, early in the season night game. Well, I guess it wasn't a night game there, but evening game there. Unacceptable for how much he makes, but realistically your season wasn't over there. You go ahead and lose to a infinitely inferior program at your house in a game that really wasn't competitive in a game where you looked like, PJ Flex Western team, you or you didn't even look like that. That team made a that team made a BCS bowl game. It, this team isn't coming anywhere near close to a BCS bowl game. There, I, I mean, we can go down the schedule here. I, I I'm nervous about them every single week now. I are think we talking Minnesota or Michigan State? I'm talking Michigan State. Oh, okay. I, I I don't know. I think six games is their ceiling at this point. Um. I'm nervous about whoever they have to play every single week from here on out in the Big Ten. I, um, I'm so looking at ahead. the schedule. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I don't. I honestly, I don't even see six anymore. I mean, I, I, I don't go through the no, schedule. I mean, we've got our next game is Maryland on the road. Um, the Taulia Tugavailoa, who's a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah. And the issue is when you take pretty decent and you put it up against us. It looks like Patrick Mahomes video game numbers, whatever. So that, like, I, I have, I mean, that's a game that I think is winnable, not favorable. But what are you gonna do? Um, after that, it's Ohio State. They well, might score a hundred. Then Wisconsin. I don't know because yeah, Wisconsin's yeah. not very good either. Yeah. Michigan probably a loss. Loss. Illinois on the road. I don't know. Yeah. I don't you'd, know. Hope, you'd hope you can get that. Rutgers at home, you really hope you can get. Yeah. Indiana at home, you hope you can get. And then Penn State on the road is a loss. So, that I mean, that's six guaranteed, I think, on me. And I don't even feel confident about Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana. Yeah, no, I don't feel I, confident about any of those. I, I would, I'm going to go off to say five is our ceiling at this point, and that's not good. Um. Let's. I, I do want to go a little bit more about the coaches, and then maybe we'll talk about the players because this this was just a pathetic game on all fronts. Um, I know you kind of you went on your Mel Tucker tangent, and I'm gonna try and be a little bit of the voice of reason. And it's like, technically speaking, we're only in year two of the rebuild. Nobody counts the COVID year as a real year where you're doing Zoom practices and Zoom recruiting. Um. And the worst thing that could have happened because patience no longer exists in the social media in the current world, we went out there and we won 11 games and we all thought, I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty as this is everyone else, but I think when I kind of calm down and let the emotions go away and think a little more rationally, I'm feeling that the worst thing that could have happened last year is what, what did happen because then 
we all thought that that was the norm going forward, which it never was. Um, yeah, yeah. To kind of go back on my tangent, though, I mean, I even said in our pre-pod or preseason podcast that this was a seven-eight win team. This team was going to take a step back, even though they didn't lose a ton. Obviously, you lose the best player on your roster um, and the player that made your season, basically. But you still had, you had a quarterback coming back, you had your best receiver coming back. You know, the holiday and a couple of guys, obviously the secondary wasn't good last year, but they're most of them were coming back again. Uh, you thought that this would be a competitive team to now, not even a bowl game team. I just, I'll, I'll let you finish on Mel Tucker, but no, I, I mean, yeah, that there's a be, difference. No, that could be fair. Um, the one thing I will say though, is um, I, I just, I defend a little bit. But now I'm going to maybe press on him is, you you got to start you got to start firing people. You cannot have the worst defense in America, I guess pass wise, two years in a row and not fire somebody. Yeah. Whether it be Scotty Hazelton, whether it be Barnett, the corners coach, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those where I really really hope he doesn't start the Mark D'Antonio of oh these are my buddies. I'm just going to give them a new job to keep them on the staff so we can all go play golf at the Country Club of Lansing on Sundays when I give the t- the team the day off. I yeah, mean, dude, uh, but the scary part is you go back to the DBs. He's a DBs coach originally. He's a DBs coach, yeah. So, like, that, that is That's his background. That's the scariest part. Yeah. Um, no, it's just That's the one position you should have locked. You should no, be able to get corners. You should be able to coach corners. Hey, let's just say if we do go down the road, Jim Harbaugh's a quarterback. He can't, he doesn't have a quarterback. So, I'm saying it's, it, it can happen. It shouldn't happen, but it can happen. You can still be successful. Um, but no, the, the, the coaching is absurd. Um, I'll kind of move to the players real quick. I don't think I've ever seen, and like granted, like my actual like analytical views of like college football have not been there as long as like just me watching, but I don't think I've ever seen a collegiate quarterback regress as much as Peyton Thorne did. Mm. I mean, Peyton Thorne broke MSU records last season for passing touchdowns. And that's while giving up scores to Kenny Walker, which Kenny Walker was as good as he was. And now Peyton Thorne looks after you, you know, that, you know, that one, you know, the one gif uh, where we got the blind football player running around flailing his arms that if you, if you made that a quarterback throwing the ball, that would be Peyton Thorne. Um, he looks, he should be auditioning for the movie happy feet. They, every time I see him in the, in, in the pocket or he has, he has time or too much time to think the feet, uh, like he gets a nervous giddy with his feet. It's, it's, it's fear. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't really say much about Jaden Reed. He's been hurt, and maybe that's why Peyton Thorne looks so bad. He's going to throw to his high school buddy. Let's go to the defensive side. I mean, secondary, everybody, I guess, not named what, Charles Brantley, mm-hmm. is just – it's just like they're, – they're all like – I feel like they're like air traffic controllers out there with their earmuffs on and their big yellow vest with like waving planes through with uh, with, with light sticks, and it's like – this way, they're like telling him where the route is. It's just like, go, buddy, go. We're gonna make Tanner Morgan look normal. Tanner Morgan has no football ability in him, and you made him. I was looking at Tanner Morgan was twenty three of twenty six passing against you. How is it even possible? <sighs> How do you yeah. let a man throw for over ninety percent on a defense? That's what. What are you covering? We want to hear a crazy stat. This is an NFL stat. Uh, 23 completions, you said, for Tanner Morgan. Yeah. Uh, 
Justin Fields has 23 completions in three games for the Bears. Okay, he's got two wins though. Yeah, he's two and one. Hey, that hey, no no Justin Fields slander will be accepted on this podcast. Um, oh, dude, I think just I mean I'll get into it. Justin Fields could be one of the biggest busts ever. He's so bad. He's lit- he might be the worst quarterback in the, the history of the NFL. Okay, you're just objectively trying to piss me off right now, but no, I'm serious. How can you actually think he's he's going to be good? He completed seven passes last week against Green Bay. Seven. He went seven for eleven. Okay, um, seventy-eight yards. They lost by twenty. Okay, I I mean. Isn't part of that coming down to play calling then? Why again? Let, we talk about this another time. Let's, we gotta stand Michigan State. I'm not gonna sit here and let you slander my dear friend Justin Fields. Um, garbage. You and you mentioned Cal Halliday. I think I remember watching a little bit. Cal Halliday also looks lost in pass coverage. Yeah. Maybe he's a decent run defender. But as soon as the other team sees that he's on the field, they I feel like they just audible into some kind of like slant route, get find a way to get a receiver on him, and it's just he's just waving. Yeah, they at know him. he's not catching it because he doesn't wear gloves. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. I play football the right way. <laughs> no, um, that's I I don't know that I don't know who else there is left at that like. I don't know what else is going on. I don't know what the, the situation is, but uh, Godspeed, Michigan State. Um, we'll see you next August with maybe some interest. Um, yeah, so that's what my last question on Michigan State was going to be. Um, so my outlook now, maybe it's because I don't have the same time as last year to worry about a bad team. Um, I mean, I'm kind of done with this team. Uh, there'll be a background noise for me at this point. Uh, all I care about is is uh, Michigan now. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good way of we can sit there and we can we can preview the Michigan game. We can sit there and say, "This late, ladies and gentlemen, this is your Super Bowl. Prove to us that it is. Um, go out there, mess up, mess up Michigan season, um, and see what happens next." But yeah, no, I just I don't understand. Um, the last thing I want to say about college is um. I am jumping on the Hendon Hooker bandwagon, the Tennessee quarterback. This yeah. is my this is my new guy going forward. Oh, and go balls. Um go balls. Good colors to root for. Yeah, that's a pretty cool scheme. The the stadium when they check her it out is amazing. Yeah. Um yeah. let's 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 get to let's get to the NFL. Um The Lions. S O L. That's all you can say about the Lions game. S O L. I mean, you can say more. I, I can say more. Um, yeah, no, no, no. We'll say more. Yeah, I if actually... you want to bring it into, if you want to bring it into one acronym, yeah, absolutely. It's you find ways to lose things that nobody else would find a way to lose. You had but two just... ten-point leads. Name another franchise that can do that. Uh, Michigan. No, Michigan State would never get up by ten. Um, no. Um. If we're talking Lions, the uh, dis- in- incredibly disappointing on the fact solely that that was one of the better games I had seen. I mean, yeah. they jumped up. Was it fourteen nothing over Minnesota at US yeah. Bank? You, ex- I mean, we uh, we all expected Minnesota to be like, oh, well, this is the team that hammered Green Bay. And they didn't. They didn't even look that good for fifty seven no. minutes. They were like, oh, whatever. Like it's Minnesota. Cool. We should beat them. We played so well. 
I was a little annoyed that Dan Campbell continues to lie to me and says that Swift is healthy to play when he's not healthy to play, and then Jamal Williams outtouches him by seven to one because that messes up my fantasy team. Because if you hear DeAndre says healthy to play, you're going to put DeAndre Swift in the game. But well, Jamal Williams had a great game, the two touchdowns, uh, did a little bit of receiving work as well. Amon Ra, I don't think, got to break the record for most consecutive games with eight plus receptions. But he was close. Yeah, I know he did get banged up during the game. Um, Hawkinson woke up, albeit with a touchdown pass as opposed to really a kind of an overall big performance. But the offensive line, with I think Ragnow came back, and I and I no, Jonah Jackson was not playing, so Ragnow came back. The offensive line still looked very good. It's something that you can hang your hat on. Defensively, you looked pretty decent for a Cops bit. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, but we got oh, hold on. Jeff Okuda, that's this is a man who's starting to turn it around, and I'm gonna sit there and put a feather in my cap because I never turned on him like other people in this city. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I ever turned on him because I thought I didn't like, say it was I, you. I, hated the I didn't say the it was beginning. you. I was just a downer. I was just a hater from the start. I wouldn't say I ever went back on. Oh, something. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with taking a corner at three either. Um, I think that well, I, I think I've said this. I mean, my idea, my ideal would have been Tua. Just get ready for the next regime. But um, what was what, what I meant to say is, you can like or not like the pick, but the pick has already been made, and you have no you have no influence over that pick. So you got to talk about it. And I said I remember that the kind of the COVID year, he's sitting there and he's playing Madden as like practice because they had no preseason and training camp was illegal back then. And in his very first game, he gets Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and he gets toasted. Everyone's like, well, he sucks. And it's like, what do you want him to do? He's never played at that level before. And you you put him up against the best one-two punch in football at the time. And then it didn't really get much better throughout the year. But again, it's it's one of those where the jump from college to the NFL is completely different. Um, he obviously tore the Achilles last year. And then this year, he's come back. I think I've looked at his stats. Devontae Smith held him to zero catches for zero yards. Terry McLaurin, he held him to like for like two catches for 20 yards or something. And Justin Jefferson had three catches for 18 yards. So he's put three receivers on Okuda Island so far. Has he uh, played the number one every time? Yes. Because I thought well, I guess, I mean, was or, playing the ones. I, I mean, I guess yeah, he didn't Brown. have A.J. Brown. He had, he had Devontae Smith. Fine. Maybe that wasn't the number one there, but he was absolutely all over Jefferson. He was all over McLaurin. So, okay. plus, it's I'm not going to sit here. We, we can't sit here and call Devontae Smith a – I mean, Devontae Smith's a pretty good NFL player. That's not some middle-of-the-pack wide receiver to me. Uh – yeah, I mean, he's kind of had a mediocre rookie year, and he's come on, actually, since the, uh, the I mean, you the thought, did he have 100 won. yards receiving last game or something? Yeah, he had a big, he had a big Sunday. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, yeah. That's, again, it's just, okay, let's put it this way. Through three games, he's allowed five receptions for 40 yards. That's, that's an amazing, that's amazing. Keep it up. Um, keep proving the people wrong. Um, on the other side, was it Tracy Walker, torn Achilles, done for the year? That That's tough. Um, that I feel like that's kind of one of the few remaining actual veterans on our defense. Yeah. Um, everyone else kind of seems to be like either newer to the actual team, like Deshaun Elliott, or just newer in general because they're first or second year guys. Um, 
I mean, Hutchinson had another kind of mediocre performance, not quite yeah. back to the, not quite to the Philadelphia levels, but I don't think there was a sack. It was a couple more pressures. I mean, it might've been tackled for loss or two, but that's just one of those where your number two pick, you'll be in the eye. Um, right. Now let's get to the actual, like the, I got to the players. Now let's get to the actual shit part of it. Dan yeah. Campbell. Um, I could make, so I'm going to say this. We the Detroit Lions absolutely should be two and one, and I could argue they could be three and zero oh if Dan Campbell makes better decisions. Yeah, um, four for six on fourth down. That's what I'll, I'll start you with before you go into it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're going to say anything else, but no, that's no, just. No. <laughs> You go for every fourth down on planet Earth. You have the highest paid offense in the league. You hang your hat on having the third most productive offense in the league. And then when it's fourth and four with the opportunity to kill the game, you bring on a career practice squatter. Like forget about just like a middle of t- like a middle tier Graham Gano. Forget about obviously the 2018 Praetors or the the Justin Tuckers of the world. You brought on a career practice squatter to attempt a career long from which right. he'd already missed the going the exact same way. And it was like, bruh, you could have punted because yeah. Minnesota's kicker was not very good. He missed kicks. You could have punted and said, I don't think you can go, what, 65 yards down the field just to get into range in a minute with no timeouts. I don't think you can do that. Or you go for it, and at least you're in, at least if you go for it and you don't get it, you're selling yourself on the fact that I put I put the entire game on one play. I, I think that's an acceptable thing to say, especially when you might overall say you're less talented than another team. That's why when you see games close at the end, especially in college, and the, the underdog team is still in it right at the end. They've just tied the, the kind of bigger powerhouse. That's why most of them go for two. They don't want to play more football. I got one game right – one play right now to beat you. Why would I Why would I want to go play more football against you? Especially then when that's the tone that you've set as the coach, is that we're yeah. going to play aggressive. We're going to bite kneecaps off for the most overused yeah. phrase of the line, his Lions legacy so far. Um, but that's the tone you've set, especially in that individual game. Uh, to then break from that at, like you said, when it's all on the line, it just, um, it doesn't make sense. And it's kind of a weekly thing now that Dan Campbell does things that don't really make sense. You know what else we didn't even do? We didn't even talk about the timeout. Minnesota gets, was it 20 yard play or something there where I I, I don't even remember because I was, I was just, I was so bewildered. I might've like blacked out in like anger or just bewilderment. Minnesota clocks running. We tackle them in bounds. And he's, he sits there and calls a timeout right away. I start hearing the whistles blow. I'm like, what, is there a flag? And then you see the guy coming in, waving his arms, pointing over at the line side. I'm like, what's this guy doing? Who cares if you don't have the proper defensive personnel out there? You should have done that the first time. You brought your own defense out. Who cares if – I just – I don't understand – what, what are you doing taking timeouts for the other team? He did it against Philadelphia where he gave him a field goal at the end of the first half. He let Minnesota go out there and run their own play. You know, you know when you take a timeout in that situation? When the clock is stopped because they clocked it and they come out with their preferred formation and you don't like what you see or you want to see what they have. That's when you, that's when you take a timeout. 
You don't take a timeout while a thing's still moving. Minnesota's running around scared. They're about to spike it to bring their own subs on. I just, that was absolutely beside me. Um, I mean, we can absolutely talk about the fact that they completely blew the coverage on the touchdown play. I mean, that guy. Oh, God. Was that guy was so more wide, wide open than Michigan I think KJ Osborne, I think I watched it. They threw, Cousins threw the pass. Guy already had his hand in the air, and it's like, he's looking around, and he's like, it's almost like time standing still for him. He's like the flash. He's sitting there and he like yeah. he can move faster than everyone else. And he's looking around. And he's like, these guys really not going to cover me. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a it was a terrible breakdown in coverage. And was that was that their first play right after the timeout too? Um, I don't I don't necessarily remember, but it could. I don't think so. But that was just to me that was absolutely insane. I. And going back to it, it was Kirk Cousins' first pass above 20 yards. So he had a classic check down, check down average <laughs> game. Like you said, the Lions actually look better than the Vikings most of the game. And then when the game's on the line, he makes a throw. Yeah. It's the circle of life with Kirk Cousins. He, you know, he gets embarrassed on prime time. He beats the Lions. Now he'll look. Now he'll look really good at like on like a four thirty game, and he'll lose in overtime to like the Chiefs, mm-hmm. um, and then he'll beat another crappy team, and then he'll lose in um, embarrassing fashion in prime time. It's and then he'll beat the Lions again. It's just aren't they going to London this weekend? Aren't they playing the Saints in London? I don't know. I that was just me making the uh, example of. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but I I was just I was just thinking off the top of my head. But um, the last thing I kind of wanted to say about Campbell is. I really don't want to see him turn into Jim Caldwell. Like, you can have the play. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a team play as hard for a certain, like, coach. Yeah. Like, they really have bought into what he's doing. But it's some – and, like, and like that's great because that's your personality. Like, do they like you? Do they believe in you? Do they – do they are they buying what you're selling to them? But at some point, if you keep failing tests – if you know, and if, ever, if you keep failing tests, I understand he's learning on the job. It's year two. If you keep failing tests, at what point does the report card not come back as a, uh, with an F with an F that you failed the semester as a whole? Like, at what point do you just sit there and say, "Dan, we love you, but you cannot keep costing games for your team." Yeah, and it's it's last year. Obviously, we didn't see it because we weren't in as many games and we were bad. But there was and some still bad this mistakes year, last year too. Get away with it with most Lions fans because while this is a better team and this team is very frisky and and like is competitive this year, there's still no expectation. And as we move forward, and the expectation keeps creeping up, and he keeps doing this, people are going to start coming back. I don't think days. they will. You don't I think, think they ever will. There's people who still think Mark Antonio shouldn't have been fired. I think this state is very Mickey Mouse and people have like people are wait. I'm not saying even patient. They're just way too okay with mediocrity because that's all they've been given. It's and then it's like and it's like it's the, they get they see the first glimmer of hope. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. This is the first season I've truly been like emotionally and like fully invested in Detroit Lions because hell, I buy what Dan Campbell's selling. I think yeah. he's I think there, I think him and Brad Holmes are building an amazing team the right way through the trenches. I think they've got skill position players that they can hang their hat on and say this is a really good player if they can stay healthy. Um, I think you've got you've got players, you've got the you've got the thing that you like. You, I don't even call it an it factor, but 
there is flair. something there's something there like you, like you said it you don't you don't blow out the Detroit Lions anymore you don't yeah if you're going to play the Detroit Lions you're going to be sitting there playing into the fourth quarter very deep in and at some point it's just I, I mean, you know, you have a very impatient fan. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I've got, I've got very high standards for people because I feel like you're getting paid that kind of money. You might as well do it. But at some point, like, I just think people are like, oh, well, he's shown us a glimmer of hope. We, we got to give him four years. It's like, why? Like, if you, if you know what he is in year two and a half, what's going to change by year four? They mm. gave him a lot more than four years too. What was he, a six-year deal? Yeah. I mean, look, if, if they want to do it, they want to do it. Maybe they gave him a six-year deal because they believe Goff isn't their quarterback. But at the same time, if Jared Goff leads an offense to 30-plus points a game or 28-plus points a game, because obviously I don't expect us to continue at this average where we're dropping yeah. like 35 or whatever we're averaging currently. But if he's going to continue to do that and you and you get in, let's say you win seven, eight games, you're going to be picking around, what, 15? Yeah. At that point... Go fix the defense. Everybody knows the defense is the issue. Go fix the defense. I understand that. I, I got into this with a with a buddy of mine today, and everyone's everyone wants the shiny new toy. Everyone wants Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and I do too. I think yeah, they absolutely have a higher ceiling than Jared Goff. But guess what? You're not going to even have a chance at them because you're going to be way too far back to trade up. And any GM who trades away that opportunity of that quarterback they better get a Miami Dolphins Ricky Williams type offer because you also need like if if you're if you have that pick you usually need the quarterback position yeah. so yeah. so you're not even willing to hear that because it it is the most important position in football at the, the end other of the thing day. that I feel like some people maybe don't understand is people are like oh well just you just offer two three four 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 first round picks guess what this isn't, a, this isn't a video game where the other team has to listen to your offer. They can yeah. tell you, oh, no, I need a quarterback. Because guess what? A quarterback, a, drafting a quarterback isn't just buying or buying, getting the, the, the best position possible in football. It's also something that you can market, you can sell, that we can take this. I mean, look at the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Look what they're doing this year. Like, it's a completely different attitude and team, uh, and that starts with the quarterback position. It's not just um, as simple as it being the quarterback. Like, teams, there is so much value to – they're the most recognizable player. I'm kind of going on a tangent here about the quarterbacks. You would think I'm in love with the position. I, mean, I could never do be. it. That's the most important but, position in football. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of trying to emphasize your point here in that I don't know if a team – you could give them seven first-round picks. I don't really know if there if there is a price, let alone how much of a price. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and that's the other thing is – there is no, especially especially in the real world, there is no there's no formula for what a pick's worth. A pick is worth there's two there's two things that formulate in my opinion what a pick is worth. What's available at the pick, and what does the team who has the pick want? That is the only way you can get a gauge on what something is worth. Right. And so, again, you're right. If I was an owner, and again, if my GM traded away that that pick. I don't even know. I don't even really know if it matters what I got. Like, 
what can you justify to say, oh, yeah, we have eight first-round picks? Guess what? What are you going to do with eight first-round picks if your quarterback's Marcus Mariota? Um, yeah. I mean, I um, so uh, I think we could beat the Lions to death here. Uh, we should beat two. the Lions to death. We did, yeah. Um, any – so give me a we'll, – we'll end – we'll kind of end, try to end this way. Uh, give me – I know last week we did a surprise team good, bad way. Um, give me a surprise performance by an individual or player. can be either. Um, give me a good one and a bad one. Uh, I'm going to stick to the NFL. Um, uh, give me a quick second. Um, okay, my good one is going to be the yeah. Colts for actually deciding they wanted to play football this week. <laughs> yeah, they started um, so bad. So that, I mean. You think they're going to ride the kind of the, the good the good juju after beating a Chiefs team? We'll see. I think they're kind of a, we talked about them being a mess last week. Um, and then a surprise bad for me is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders, the only 0-3 team. Uh, I saw something where they in like their they basically played this like Jekyll and Hyde of halves in all three games. And in their good halves, they're like plus like 45 in three, just three games. And in their bad halves, they're like minus 75. And it's just like how 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 do you not even just like put together two halves in a row uh, like eventually you would think it's got to work out so I, I, i'm also a little surprised they're only three i, I thought they'd be a little you. better all right so this isn't necessarily me say this is more of me like almost hoping for their sake i'm okay with it either way because i think this man's a fraud but the la chargers are in dire need of a you better get it done and you better look good getting it done performance you cannot drop to one in three in that division that you play in with a loss to Houston and Jacksonville back-to-back. I know we just said Jacksonville looks good. I know we said they got swagger around Trevor Lawrence, but they are still a team that is much, much less talented than the Chiefs or than the Chargers are, and they got boat raced last week. So I'm, I'm going to sit there and throw it out. I think I don't want to call it a must-win in week four because you've got 12 more weeks after that to figure it out, but – if you lose to Houston this upcoming week, I think you're in a very big issue with the Chargers. I'll say so. I'm just going to say they're someone who needs to play well. Chargers think, need some receivers, man. Keenan Allen is old and washed, and Mike Williams is just not that good. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it like that. Keenan Allen just didn't play the last game. He was hurt. I I mean, yeah, I still think he's washed. Like, he's way too old moving forward for him to be. I mean, uh, I guess that's fair. Herbert's but... guy. But go How ahead. You you're good I want to. I, I want to sit here and um. Wanna, I want to. I want to fight the good fight for my man Justin Fields. If you got the time. <laughs> so you so keep sitting. You keep, hey, you keep sitting here and like, oh well, they need to get some receivers. What does Justin Fields need? No, He's you're got right. The worst. He might have the worst front office in sports right now. Yeah. Just trading away players for no rhyme or reason. Equinemius St. Brown, who was a Green Bay practice squatter. Is there a wide receiver too? I, I, but as much as you want to harp on, yeah, he has nobody. I agree. Just watching him play the eye test, he does not, 
the speed of the game is too much for him at this point. I mean, maybe, will that change? Maybe he's young, uh, but he looks very intimidated and looks absolutely clueless out there at some points. I see a quarterback who might be three and one in five days. That's all. Yeah, I think. but that doesn't. I mean, that uh, to me, that's winning in spite of him. You, you still have a solid defense there. Um, good run game with Herbert and Montgomery. I mean, they beat the 49ers. Yeah. That, that they, Sunday night Trey, they did have Trey Lance at, at QB, and Trey Lance is not very good at football. Uh, Trey Lance, we don't know. He, Trey Lance oh, doesn't play football. Uh, actually, let's do that. That's actually, I think that might be a great way to end it, is Trey Lance is going to be an incredible mystery because he's done for the year. What happens when he comes back next year and he hasn't played football in four years? Yeah. Like everyone said he hasn't played like he hasn't played a good a decent amount of football in three years coming into this year. What are you gonna get out of him? What are you I gonna heard... do after there's another year gone by? Yeah. I heard that he hasn't even thrown a thousand balls in real football games in his life. I buy it. I mean that, that's crazy. In he's an NFL quarterback. He, he played one game in twenty twenty. He played like eight snaps in twenty one. I don't even know how often he was actually throwing. Usually they brought him in on the goal line for some, like, read option packages. Um, I, I mean. I heard I, he, I heard there was a high school thing where he didn't – he missed something in high school as well. That might be an incredibly unfortunate story for him because, like, we can sit here like, yeah, we don't know if he can or can't play, but, like, you don't want to – you don't, you don't want to, like, don't wanna hate on the guy for it. I'm sure he's an right, he can't control being. it to a certain extent. Just, that's uh, tough. Um, I think that'll be very interesting to see what happens. I think part of it will come down to what happens here. If I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo leads the 49ers to another deep playoff push, how do you sit there and ax him again? Right. I just you'd have you'd have four, three years of him being the, the full on starter because he did have the one year where the entire team was dead including himself, but in his three years of being a starter, he'd, he'd, be, he'd be Super Bowl, conference championship, and then possibly another deep playoff run. So, yeah. Um, again, I, I, I think he's in, a, he's in a very peculiar situation that is terrible. You never want to see a man's ankle doing origami. Um, I mean, hopefully he comes back and hopefully there is something in the NFL for him. Um, I don't know. I don't really have too much more for this for this episode. It's more we'll see what happens next week. There's I know there's a lot of good college games. We'll talk about those next Tuesday. Um and yeah. you want to end off with. Yeah, no, we can get into some more other college stuff. I know we kind of stuck with MSU today. Um, but we had to kind of talk through our sorrows. Um so all right, everyone, have a good one, and we will catch you back here again for another episode next week. Uh.